is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hello, welcome back to Be You. This is Jill Herman. If it's the first time you've joined us, huge welcome from me to you. And if you're one of our regular listeners, a huge thank you from me to you. So we got some big news. Heard me share before that this podcast, and truly because of you, because you share this with people, we don't do any marketing. You know, I don't have a big following on social media. You are the ones making this happen. And thank you, thank you, thank you. You've heard many times me share that BU by month five was in the top 100 on iTunes in the category of entrepreneurship, which is the largest and most competitive category by far. That was not the category we were intended to be in. So we moved then to, I think it was maybe called women's empowerment or something like that, and then to spirituality. And as soon as we were moved to spirituality, within two weeks, we ranked top 100 again on iTunes in a few different countries. Well, what we just found out is, and thank you to our Irish listeners, in Ireland, in the category of spirituality, our Irish friends ranked us top 10. So several times we were in the top 100, top 50, but we got down to as low as number nine. So if you are one of our Irish listeners, please, please, please message me in one of two ways. Okay. The first is by texting 260 217-4675, 217-4675, or message me on Instagram, Jill Herman BU. And I have a little surprise for you. So thank you all, by the way, to talk shop for a minute. You know, this isn't the part that you're probably excited to hear, but I do want to remind you how important the ratings and the reviews are in the podcast world. So if you haven't done it, please, please take a second to one, subscribe to the podcast. And that way you'll be notified as soon as we have new episodes. Number two, give us a five-star rating. And number three, write us a glowing review, obviously, if it feels aligned and share us with friends. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh, and also speaking of that, I've mentioned in the past that this podcast has not yet been monetized by choice. I found that I had some resistance around that and I was really sitting with why. Like, I love to make money. I have no problem making money. I don't think anybody should give discounts. I have to do a whole episode on, you know, valuing your worth, et cetera. But something just didn't feel right to me about the idea of having commercials on here and monetizing the podcast, even though I knew it's something that was a good thing. Well, I have had a few contracts with a couple of companies that I genuinely 
love and I love their products. Um, I would never recommend something I didn't love anyway, but I never did anything about it. So here we are a year and a half into the (laughs) podcast and I'm spending money every month, but no money's coming in. And I realized, you know what? That's not a great example either because if I did a podcast on money, I would tell you not to do that because you know money carries energy and the transferring of money means something. And it's okay to give and not get anything back. In fact, we should do that. However, this hasn't been healthy. There's been some sort of block with me. There's a reason I haven't done it yet. And I realized that my block, and I figured this out, my friend Rachel, thank you, Rachel, suggested I do an empty chair exercise. And what was revealed in that exercise and through some journaling is that the block for me was that I felt like if I started monetizing the podcast, then this would become like a super serious thing. And I would have to be like balls to the wall, sorry for the phrase, just all at massive action. And I would have this sort of like masculine energy about it. And I got so burnt out in business doing that, if you know my story, that I didn't want to do that, which of course it's not true. But I realized that my subconscious fear was that that would happen and it would be expected of me by others that I would be like super, super intentional. And, you know, because I honestly, I don't do research for the show. I don't prepare questions. I literally just wing it. And some people find that hard to believe, but that's just how my brain works and how I work and how I feel creative and in the flow. Um, It just happens that way. So... My fear, I think, is that if I had actual contracts with companies and I were profiting from the podcast, that I would have to change. And all of that is untrue. So remember, it's always good to look at yourself, to ask yourself where the resistance is, ask questions like, what if it were different? What if it could be easy? Is this really true? Am I certain that it's true? How do I know that it's true? What if it's not? And what if it were the opposite? And through that self-discovery, I realized where my block was. So besides the fact that I'll actually have some money start coming in every month to cover my cost, it will also be a growth opportunity for me and a healing. So I just want to share that with you. So what am I going to start selling? (laughs) I'm going to recommend a few products that I'm obsessed with, um, that I love, that I would tell you about anyway. And then I'll be able to offer you some sort of a discount. And if you order through me, then that little kickback that I get will add up. And hopefully I'll put it out into the universe. Not hopefully. I will say that it will more than cover the investment that I put in every month into the BU podcast. So stay tuned. So some cool things are coming up. Okay. So this is not a recording day for me, but I posted something on Facebook And I had so much fun talking about it and a lot of feedback from people in the comments, like immediately as soon as I did it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to come and share it with you because I think you'll find this funny. And I hope you also find it comforting. And perhaps it might be a mirror for you. One of my friends commented, hi, Tammy. And she said, oh my gosh, I do this. I think I do all of these. What does that mean? (laughs) So I'm going to read these to you. I wrote that it's super easy to be popular and liked because it is. It's not hard. Like it's a simple formula. I was thinking about that. Like I'm very polarizing and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm a very polarizing person and you might be too. It doesn't mean if you're not polarizing that you're a constant people pleaser. That's not what I'm implying. But it's funny because I was saying to my husband, I wonder if people think that people like me don't know how to not be polarizing. I know how to be vanilla instead of 
you know, chocolate chip mint or pistachio. I know how to be more popular and to have more people like me. It's not that hard. But the reason I don't do that is because I would be selling myself out. I would be outsourcing my worth. I'm going to change and morph into something else and quiet down and be a certain way so that you're more comfortable and so that you also like me. And thank God I've grown out of that and through that. I used to do that for sure. So some of the things I listed, (laughs) it's super easy to be popular and liked. Number one, never speak of anything controversial. Or let's say rarely speak of anything controversial. You will be liked by everybody. Look at different social media accounts. You can see the ones that never, ever, ever share anything that could be seen as controversial. And they are going to be more popular. They will have more followers, I'm sure. Number two, don't share your opinion on something if it's not a popular one. So it may not be controversial, but if it's not a popular opinion, don't share it. Because as soon as you do, there will be people who will be offended, who won't like it, and who will judge you for it. Another way to be super popular and liked, don't go too deep and don't get too deep. Be super surface. Like think about weather, kid achievements, and food. Those are the things you should be talking about. Those are the things you should be posting about and nothing else. Don't be talking about trauma and all the things I love to talk about, right? Don't talk about any of those things. Keep it super surface. Number four, don't admit that you struggle with anything unless It's something most people struggle with. And when you do share something that you struggle with, make sure you only share a teeny tiny slice of it and quickly put a positive spin on it. So it's actually not super popular these days. Vulnerability is very popular now. Authenticity is a buzzword. It's actually not popular anymore to act like nothing's wrong. But if you want to be popular and you want to be really well-liked, you got to do it a certain way. It's got to be curated. You have to make sure that you share a struggle, but you do it in such a way that it doesn't make people turn off or feel uncomfortable themselves. It's actually pretty funny if you ask me. And people do this, by the way. There are people that consciously edit themselves to make sure that they they share just a little bit of a struggle so that people will want to rescue them or relay, oh, you're being so vulnerable. I really appreciate how real she is. But they don't want to say too much because then it'll be too much. All right. So another way to be really well-liked And to be popular is to make sure you're volunteering for popular and accepted good causes. And make sure you do it quietly, but don't do it too quiet because then no one will know that you're a good person. So you don't want to brag that you're volunteering for that cause, but you don't want to not do it because then people will think you're not nice. Isn't it funny how this is actually really true, but it's so, so fucked up. Like it's like the black square that I and other people put on social media last year. The meaning of it, I agree with, but there are so many people who just stuck that black square up because they thought, eh, it's virtue signaling and we'll make sure people know that I'm a good person. And there was really nothing behind it. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Make sure that you are accessible. Be accessible. Respond quickly when people reach out and say yes, even when you want to say no. If someone texts you, you text them back. You don't wait a week to respond. Make sure if people want or need your time, you just put everything aside, including yourself, including your own health and your own happiness, and you tend to their needs. Number seven, pretend your life is great, but do not make it look too great. Just like we said earlier, make sure you're not complaining about your life too much when you share something to be vulnerable, 
but also make sure your life doesn't look too great. Can't be too happy. Got to be very careful. Make sure you're humble. Don't you brag. But make sure you're also sharing wins and excitement about your life and your kids and your work. But you got to do it through the filter of not being too much. Make sure you don't look too happy because people don't like that. Talk and dress like you have enough financial pain to be relatable without looking like a victim. Now that's a good one. Talk and dress like you have enough financial pain to be relatable without looking like a victim, right? You don't want to look poor. You don't want to complain about how you can't pay the bills, but you certainly don't want to show that you have a Louis Vuitton bag or a fancy sports car. You want to make sure that you're sharing just enough pain that people aren't threatened by you. Okay, number nine. Appear to be comfortable in your own skin, but be careful that you're not promoting an unhealthy lifestyle with your body confidence. (laughs) It's so funny. I'm laughing at my own stuff. It's so true. Also make sure that you're not being too sexy. No, no, no. Don't you show too much cleavage. And definitely make sure that you do not appear to be full of yourself. My own mother-in-law told me that I brag and that I look like I'm full of myself because I was posting selfies, which I hardly ever post, by the way, and I'm too old to be doing that, and that I brag a lot on social media. I'm like, okay, self-promotion is actually healthy. Wouldn't call that bragging. And it's so funny, the people that take shots at you like that, it's so funny because they're not willing to look at themselves because I could look at her or other people and go, well, look what you put on social media. Anyway, okay, number 10. Drink enough alcohol and eat enough junk food to fit in, but not so much that people notice. If you don't drink alcohol, don't say that you don't drink. Just make up an excuse for not drinking so they don't think you have a problem and definitely to ensure that it doesn't make them feel guilty about their own consumption. I remember when I first started dating my husband, I was like the food police. I was into health and wellness. The business I had was all about healthy lifestyles. I used to do talks all over North America on that. I went into schools and schools and schools and schools, educating kids about junk food versus real food and whole food. It was all good stuff, but I was very arrogant about it. And I ate perfectly, except for when I didn't. And I remember my husband like justifying me to people and saying, oh, don't worry. She eats ho-hos. I've seen her, right? Because if you eat too healthy, then there's something wrong. But if you eat too much junk, there's something wrong too. So drink enough alcohol and eat enough junk food to fit in, but not so much that people notice. And if you don't drink alcohol, don't say that you don't drink. Remember that, right? Just make up some sort of an excuse when you're in a social setting, because if you say you don't drink, then what will they think? Or they might go, oh, well, now I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) All right, number 11, last one. Don't do anything that causes people to question how they see the world. Well, shit. I mean, (laughs) uncle, yep. I'm clearly not going to be liked by everybody and not be popular. Don't do anything that causes people to question how they see the world, right? Because people, all of us, we want to see everything through the lens that we see, me included, right? I find myself doing this. I'm just aware enough and you're aware enough if you listen to this show and if you're into personal growth like like I am, I'm aware of it at least. And then I snap myself out of it. But it is definitely my autopilot. But I can admit that most people say, oh, I don't do that. 
I'm not judgmental. I don't want everybody to agree with me. Yeah, you do. We live in a right or wrong, bad, good mindset and society. And swimming upstream and being a fruit loop in a world of Cheerios means you're willing to challenge that. You're going to go against the grain and think differently and be different and be yourself. But most people aren't willing to do that. So what happens is if you cause them to even challenge their own lens, then they take that as a threat because it compromises their sense of safety because it feels safe to be right. It feels safe to make sure we're not getting it wrong. And it doesn't feel safe for me to stop and question the way I see the world. And if you're the person who's causing me to question it, then you will become the one I blame. And then I put, so that was how to be liked and popular. There's one way to make sure you're happy and fulfilled, but you do risk being unpopular and you will definitely be polarizing. And that one way is to be you. Okay, so all of us do these things. We have done them or we do. The question is, do you want to keep living that way? I already know that if you listen to this podcast, you don't want to. Okay, that's a rhetorical question. But if you're still hanging on to any of these, And there are so many more. I just, you know, wrote these quickly off the top of my head this morning. But if you're still doing it, don't judge yourself. It's okay. And you get to ask yourself, why? Why am I still outsourcing my worth? Why do I still care what they think? Why am I editing myself? Why am I dumbing myself down or making myself quiet or making myself small or following trends or doing things that just are not in alignment with who I really am. Why am I doing that? So if you judge yourself for being one of these people, then you've lost. Just laugh at yourself. Just laugh at it and go, isn't it funny that I still do this? It's crazy. And then ask yourself why and what are you willing to let go? Of everything that I listed here, which ones are you willing to let go of and say, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. I mean, and maybe you don't do many of these, but I absolutely would dress differently around different people. And I would, and we had an episode on being a shapeshifter and a chameleon, right? Where we talked about that. Um, But this people pleasing and this shrinking and morphing ourselves and trying to be vanilla, trying to be wine instead of whiskey, it's really hurting ourselves. It's distracting us from our true path in this life. It's a distraction and you don't know how many days you have left. You don't know how many hours or minutes you have left on this planet in this life. So my invitation to you is to really, really, really let this stuff go, to really be yourself. And I know you may not know the real true highest you because you have some digging to do, some excavating. I get it. It's a journey. And I mean, you also know. Like, you know, this shit is not you. Making sure you don't ask questions, making sure you don't hurt feelings, making sure you do this or you do that, making sure you blend in, on or off social media, making sure you're not controversial, you're not polarizing. Why? Why? Some might say, I just don't like controversy. I just want to keep the peace. Why does it have to be controversy? I posted something recently, a month or so ago on social media about Breaking familial patterns. It's something I'm really passionate about. I learned about this in my six month education and certification through Elementum Coaching Institute with a heavy emphasis on somatics and trauma. It was a really intense program. I'm very proud of it. And I learned so much. And one thing I learned 
was what happens when we decide to break those patterns. We can become the black sheep of the family, even in our, you know, adulthood. The family will, it will cause them to question the way they see the world and they won't like that sometimes. And so you can be criticized or ostracized or mocked or blamed. Or sometimes they respond with love and they say, wow, that's interesting. Thank you. I never thought about it like that. And so I was celebrating the fact that my parents with as awful as my childhood was, and it was pretty bad, that my parents in their 80s have done nothing but embrace my growth, which has challenged everything I was taught when I was a child. Me openly talking about trauma, me openly talking about the violence that happened in our home and the fighting and the arguing and the poverty and just everything. They were never once offended. And they always said, we're proud of you. We're proud of you for the healing you're doing. And we're proud of you for you sharing your story and educating people. And we're proud of you for choosing to break that pattern and to be different for your children so they can be different for theirs. And so I was celebrating that. And someone out there in social media world thought they would be a Karen. And they took a screenshot of it and they sent it to my in-laws, who I'm not connected to on social media, who are also 79 and 80. And they sent it to them and said, hey, I'm just kind of having your back here. Like, what's this about? And I just found it fascinating to me because, you know, when you decide to share your truth and to not try and be popular and risk being polarizing, it doesn't mean you don't give a shit when anyone thinks if what you say hurts them. It doesn't mean that you don't care about your fellow human, especially family members. It doesn't mean you can't ever say, oh, I am so sorry that doesn't feel good. I can totally see why that didn't feel good. I'm sorry about that. And still keep your post up or still wear that outfit or still do the thing that they don't want you to do. You're going to have all kinds of reactions and comments, but all the reactions, responses, and comments says everything about them and nothing about you. Nothing. Nothing. Even if I had directly criticized my husband's family, which I wasn't even referencing them. I was showcasing my experience with my family, which of course, then, you know, my in-laws, that side of the family, they chose sadly to see it as like a knock towards them because they aren't people who embrace that type of growth and are willing to reevaluate things. And they're not okay with the word trauma and stuff like that. I don't judge them for that. It's sad to me, but I don't judge them. And when you decide to for lack of a better term, be yourself, there are going to be people who it will rub the wrong way. They won't like it. They'll want you to change. They will blame you. They will shame you. They will judge you. They will throw rotten tomatoes at you. They'll mock you. They'll gossip about you. They'll misinterpret you. Some people are very committed to misunderstanding you. But remember, it is not your responsibility. And it's not because of you. You are simply a trigger for them. You are simply an invitation for them to look at healing that they need to do. If I see the way someone is showing up in this world and I find it highly offensive, I can say, I don't like that. I don't like that behavior. I don't want that energy around me. I don't agree with that. But if I find it to be a personal attack and I feel like it's offensive, that says everything about me. And no, it doesn't mean I'm being sensitive, right? That's a term that some people use. The people who saw my post and they didn't like it and they shared it and said, oh, what's this about? They weren't being sensitive. They were just choosing to add meaning that wasn't there. They were choosing to see things in the post that were not there. And they were choosing to see it in a negative light. And that's okay. 
you run the risk of doing that when you post something on social media, by the way, and you're not actually having a conversation. So I own that. And take a stand for your truth. Now, there have been things in the past that I've taken down where I was like, oh, yeah, that probably didn't come out the way I intended, you know, where it offended someone or hurt them. And it wasn't me dumbing myself down or making myself small or doing any of that to make them happy. There was no people pleasing or codependency. It was me owning it and going, "Mm, yeah, now that I look at this, there was a little charge behind that. There was a little something. With the post I did a month ago or so that had, you know, a couple of people had such a problem with on our family, there was no charge behind it. I know the intention was pure and good. It was actually really good. And it was also, you know, referencing things that I learned in Elementum. And I had just been having a conversation with my coach about what happens when people try to be themselves late in life. You know, you're an adult in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and you're like, hold on a second. I'm not sure if I agree with this whole thing. Now that I look back at my childhood, uh, there are some things that were fucked up. There were some things I didn't like. There's some things that hurt. I said I didn't have any trauma, but I mean, trauma isn't what happens to us. Trauma doesn't have to mean I was beaten or starved. It was traumatic to move around that many times. It was traumatic to have my father never tell me he loved me or for me to have to just assume I was loved. You know, that was traumatic, but I didn't know it. Now I know better. It's okay as an adult to say that. And if people don't like it, it is what it is. And I want to be clear that that's not the same as saying, I can be an asshole and I can tell you horrible things and criticize you and say mean things to you. And it's your problem if you don't like it. That's not the same thing. People will try to make it the same because it's convenient. Deep down in your heart and in my heart, we all know the difference. If I don't land well for you, right? And I'm abrasive and I'm polarizing and something just doesn't land well with you. I will hear you and acknowledge your feelings. That doesn't mean I'm going to take it back. And that doesn't mean I will edit it or edit myself. But I do believe it's my responsibility to at least own that. Now, if someone just attacks you and they react to what you say or how you show up or the outfit you wear or the question you ask or the choice you make in your life or the church you decide to go to or whatever it is or the post you make on Facebook, if they just react rather than saying, hey, I didn't really like that. And they attack you and they bite you and bark at you. It's okay if you don't respond with what I just said previously. It's okay to say, here, here's the deal. I'm not going to be spoken to that way. I'm going to put a boundary up. You don't get to talk to me that way. I hear what you're saying, but you haven't even asked me any questions. Seek to understand before being understood. Don't make assumptions about what I wrote and who I am. Ask me. And if anything I do or say is highly offensive to you, I will acknowledge that. But it doesn't mean I'm going to change. So I hope this was helpful to you. I hope it was a little fun. And I hope it causes you to think and have some fun conversations with your friends and your family. Love you so much. And I can't wait to see you next week. 